this is our third out of three in this uh, mini-series on perseverance. And I've titled this message, Fight to Finish Well. And I picked that title because it encapsulates really the two main things that I want to communicate that I think we need to realize as we uh, finish this series. And, of course, there's so much more to say about perseverance. But in this message, the two things are, first, that when we say fight to finish well, it reminds us that perseverance is about finishing well. It's not just about finishing. It's not just about starting well or just barely making it to the finish line. That's not our ultimate goal. We want to finish well. This message is also called Fight to Finish Well because we need to remind ourselves that perseverance is a fight. It is something that requires effort from us. It is not something that is passive. Perseverance is not passive. So today we are going to be talking about the the fight to finish well. And in a little bit, we'll be in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. Our key passage will be there, so uh, you can take your scripture and, and, and get yourself to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. If you watched the first message in this series, I told this story about when Eric was 13 and we went kayaking together for the first time. And as a, a 13-year-old, he didn't have the endurance that he would have later on And I wish that I could tie a rope to his kayak and I could have uh, paddled for him. Well, a few years later, Eric turned 16 years old. And for his 16th birthday, uh, we planned a father and son trip out to Utah, out to western Utah. And we uh, flew out there and we spent a few days doing some hiking. And this this was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Uh, we went to, um, uh, we hiked the Narrows in Zion National Park. We went to Bryce Canyon and hiked there. And then on the third day, we went back to Zion and we hiked up to, to Angel's uh, Landing. So Eric wasn't 13 anymore, he was 16, and he had uh, developed quite a bit more uh, perseverance. And on the last day of our hiking, we did uh, Angel's Landing. And I'll tell you, this was, <laughs> this was the worst experience of the trip for me. The, absolute, the, the worst experience. And I'll, I'll tell you why. The hike was, well, it's about five and a half miles, which, which isn't that bad. Uh, but the elevation gain of this uh, hike is listed as being uh, from where you start to where you finish, 1,488 feet that you're, you're climbing up. So as we're doing this, uh, we're climbing at a steep angle. And there's parts where it's just switchback after switchback after switchback going up and up. And it was going on forever. And I mentioned at this point, Eric, he has, uh, he's running cross country. Uh, he's doing track. And so his perseverance, um, well, it was, it was leaving dad behind. He's running cross country doing this. Let's just say I'm not doing that. Spending a lot more time uh, behind, sitting behind a desk. Also, too, when we went out there, uh, we went to, to Walmart, and I bought some new hiking boots there. You know, they say you're supposed to break those in before you do a lot of hiking. 
I bought them there. Also, the size was a half size too small. I thought, well, that's not really going to matter. And it, it didn't really matter at first, but when we got to day three of uh, hiking, at this point as we're, as we're leaving, I realized I have uh, basically already removed all the skin from both of my heels. Uh, they were in ugly shape. I, it, I don't want to describe it too much, but there's no skin left. So as we're going up this steep hill, every single step felt like I was just being stabbed in the back of the heel. Um, it, was, it, was, it was bad. At one point, I'm trying to think, what can I put in there for padding? And I actually took the plane tickets out of my wallet from our flight down there, and I'm jamming them in the boot trying to get some kind of uh, relief from, from all the rubbing that's happening, step after step as we climb 1,488 feet. Uh, it was also over 100 degrees out, but, you know, it was, it was a dry heat. So I have a little video clip uh, we'll show you. It doesn't quite capture the, uh, the essence of my anguish and agony, but here it is. It's 12.30, beginning the hike up to Angel's Landing, which I don't know where it is, somewhere up there. Okay, we're on our way up. No idea how far we are. Glug, 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 glug. I've already gone through one of my bottles of water. I haven't. And I feel like I'm gonna die. Eric doesn't feel that way. He'll just spontaneously fall over at one point. We are past, I think it's Walter's Wiggles. We think it's up there in the background. Which one is it? I don't know. Can't see anything on the phone right now. I believe it's up there. We saw it. It's really high. But this place is cool. He's very tired. So that was the, the first part of the hike. And as I said, this was the uh, worst experience that I had there. But Angel's Landing was also the best experience. And I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on. Last week, the message that we had was God's grace keeps us going. And before I get into the uh, main point here, I almost had this as a, as a, a point by itself. And I want to remind us of this because each of these messages fits together. And last week, we talked about the fact that there is um, a perseverance that God gives and guarantees in the lives of genuine believers. As uh, Philippians 1, 6 tells us, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it on the day of Jesus Christ. And we looked at all these scriptures that said that if you are a genuine Christian, if you have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, you've been born again, it's the real deal, not a fake thing, that God will cause you to persevere to the end. It's not passive. It requires effort. It takes uh, the warnings of Scripture and encouragement, but that you will make it to the end. And those that don't, they show that they were not genuine believers to begin with, that something went haywire, something was never real to begin with. And saw a news report this past week, a lead singer of a Christian rock band who renounced the faith. 
And well, if what scripture taught us last week is true, this would mean that maybe he enjoyed being a, a, a rock singer, but there was something not right that kept him from genuinely trusting Jesus Christ. So that was what we talked about last week. And so here's your, your bonus point for this week. This is kind of uh, point zero. The security of our salvation is the foundation for all other perseverance. So as we talk about not just finishing, but finishing well, keep in mind, believer, all those other promises that, that you will make it to the end. You're going to fight. You are going to be one that, that, that finishes. And this is God working in your heart. And, and if it is true that you are going to make it to be with him, this is going to give you um, motivation and fuel for every other type of perseverance. It's going to help fuel that you don't want to just uh, finish barely, but that you do want to finish well when you, when you get to be with God in his presence. So the perseverance of the saints that we talked about, this, that's the bedrock of everything else, that you can do uh, other hard things because you know that the main thing is secure. It can never be taken away from you. And therefore, you can risk everything because you know that ultimately you have nothing to lose. Because at the end of the day, you are with God forever and in, in his joy. So when we talk about uh, perseverance of the saints or eternal security, this is not fire insurance so that you can live your life now however you want. This is fuel to persevere no matter what. So, as we build on from this, it's not just that we want to just finish or barely finish, but here's the official point one for today. Point one, the goal is not just to finish, but to finish well. It may be true that there is a uh, finishing that God is going to make sure that happens, but also we don't want to just finish. We want to really finish well. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. We're going to draw a few things out of this passage. The Apostle Paul writes this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So, this is the application. He's telling us to do this. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And they do it to receive a perishable wreath. And that was a prize at that time. You got this crown made out of leaves. That was your big reward. But we, an imperishable, not a perishable crown, but one that, one that lasts. Verse 26. So, I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So we see here in this passage that Paul is saying he wants to put forth effort so that he, he doesn't just finish, but he finishes well. Now it does require effort to, to even finish the Christian life as far as, uh, as far as being saved. 
and God works in and through us. It is, it is by strength and the grace that he gives us. We don't just coast in. But his goal here, as we see, is not just to, to barely finish. He doesn't want to just barely be saved. He wants to finish and to finish well. He says he wants to be one that, that runs to, to win the prize. If you have a race and you have this, this contest, he says only one gets the, the first place. And he's, he's aiming for that. Now, not in the sense uh, that he wants to, to get it so nobody else gets it or to be better than other people. The, the point he's saying is he wants to run to win. He wants to do the absolute best that he can for, for the glory of God to reach Jesus Christ, to be able to look back at the race that he ran in this life and to be able to say, I gave it my all. I was running to win. Not just running to, uh, to the scenic route and to eventually kind of barely finish, to, to limp across the finish line. That wasn't his goal. He was pushing himself, not just to finish, but to finish well. So if we combine this with last week, we see that it is true that all regenerated believers will cross the finish line and be saved, but not all will cross it well. So everyone that's born again, God is going to make it that the saints uh, persevere, they're preserved to the end. But don't take that as just permission to just coast or think this is all automatic or there's nothing to be gained or lost. There's uh, there's a difference between finishing and finishing well. One place that talks about this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It talks about not just salvation, but there's things to be lost or gained, uh, rewards that are in heaven. And in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul talks about this, uh, the life that we live with the metaphor of building on a building, that Christ is the cornerstone, and what are we doing to help contribute uh, to, to, to God's work. And he says in verse 12, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. It'll be shown to be what it is. For the day, the day of judgment, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, so if you're building with a gold, silver, precious stones, valuable things, it says he will receive a reward. Verse 15, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So here, he's not talking about people losing their salvation because he says that they will still be saved. But, it, but he says it's kind of like running out of your house and your house is burning down and uh, you're, you barely make it out with, without anything that you're bringing along with you, anything to really show for it. So there's a difference between finishing the Christian life and barely making it to heaven and really finishing well. This does also show us there are rewards in heaven that can be gained or lost depending on how we use our time and our opportunities and our gifts and everything that the Lord has given you, you and I, to use now. It's important what we do. And we've been talking about perseverance and 
also eternal security. It's just a little side note here that we can see that if there are verses that make it seem at times that someone can lose their salvation, we can see here that those passages are either about someone that was not really a Christian, someone that was maybe a mere professor, uh, but it wasn't eternal. It wasn't internal in their life. You know, they're like the log that's covered with uh, gasoline instead of the log that's actually burning. Or there's some passages that talk about um, loss of rewards, but not necessarily salvation. And also, too, God uses these warnings as part of the motivation to keep us pushing forward, to realize that if, if we could abandon Christ, how foolish that would be and uh, how that there, there would be no salvation anywhere else. We don't want to experience failure at the finish line. You know, there's an example of this um, in Scripture from the book of Numbers. I'll give you a sneak peek as far as where we're going after this series. Uh, we are going to uh, go into the book of Numbers. Uh, past few years, we've gone through Exodus and Leviticus. And we like to, to finish out Moses' life and his journey. And also, too, I realized is there's so many good examples uh, in Numbers and Deuteronomy about endurance as they spend their, their 40 years in the wilderness and failures that they had. We can learn from their failures. These things were written for our instructions, we're going to see. And one of the things that we'll see is this tragic thing that happens in the life of Moses. This is written in Numbers chapter 20. And uh, not to, not to, to spoil what's going to happen, but we see that Moses doesn't actually make it to the promised land. He's been told to deliver people out of Egypt and to bring them to the promised land. But there's something that happens where God commands Moses uh, to speak to this uh, rock to get water to come from it for the, for the people of Israel. But Moses, he's frustrated. It's been a long time. People are complaining. And Moses loses it. And he, he strikes the rock instead. And water comes out from it. But part of the consequence that the Lord gives him is that he'll, he'll see the promised land, but he actually doesn't get to cross into it. That because of this, there is, Moses doesn't finish as well as he would have if there wasn't this, this failure at the finish line in his life. And he's still saved, and we know that. But there are consequences that came uh, from, from the sin that he had because of frustration, because of attitude, and all these things. And if that can happen to Moses, Moses... We should be, there should be a healthy fear that it could happen to us as well. And we want to stand guard over our hearts and our lives as well so that we, we finish well. We don't want to just quit at the finish line. We don't want to just <clears throat> stumble over and have a weak finish. We don't have, you don't want to cap off your life with, with a moral failure or a terrible decision that is going to tarnish everything that came before it. Said so we want to finish strong. And I don't know what age you are. You think, well, I'm, I'm done here and I can just coast. And I read about J. Oswald Sanders, the, the author. Said that when he was 89 years old, 89, he said that he had written a book a year since he was 70. Since he was 70, a book a year. Now, probably God isn't calling you to do that. But if you are still alive on this planet, God still has purpose for you. 
He still has calling in your life in ways that he wants to use you for his glory and in the lives of other people. Are you going to coast or are you going to finish strong? Would you rather hear the Lord say to you on judgment day? Would you rather hear him say, well, you made it? Or would you rather hear him say, well done? So the goal is not just to finish, but to finish well. And we also, second point, we see that perseverance is not passive. Perseverance is not passive. It requires effort. Let me read our passage again, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. And here, see all the ways that, that it is not a passive thing. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete? Running is active, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Run to win. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And they do it to obtain a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So again, it is true that it is God's grace that keeps us going. That is, that is one side of the equation. And it is also true that it's not passive, and that God requires and wants you to be active and to be working. It's not a contradiction. These things go together. Let me give you one verse that, that shows this and proves it. In Colossians 1.29, Paul writes, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now I could also read to you, and you can write these down. 1 Corinthians 15.10, Philippians 2.12-13, Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Other places where it teaches the same thing. That on one hand, Paul says he toils, there's struggling, but it's with God's energy that he works within him. It's both and, it's not either or. So this perseverance, this is not a passive thing. So let me give you, as we finish up this point, let me give you four applications. And these all start with C. A key word with C. Four applications, and it's going to be condition, control, community, and clear goal. And I'll explain each of those. The first one is, is condition. And what I mean by this is that you and I, we need to condition ourselves to build up endurance. Condition yourself to build up endurance. You know, nobody runs, if you're thinking about physical race and physical endurance, Nobody runs wind sprints just because they love running wind sprints. Uh, Nobody in their right mind, at least. But you do it so that you're building up endurance. You're strengthening your muscles. You're strengthening your cardiovascular system. You're pushing yourself to the edge so that next time you can go a little bit further. Because you can't just decide to get up one day and just will your cardiovascular system uh, to work better. Just, I'm going to, just in a sheer moment of uh, intensity, I'm going to wheel my heart to pump blood better all the time and for my lung capacity to increase. It doesn't work that way. But you can increase it by, by conditioning. 
That's true physically, and that is true spiritually and morally as well. And that's why Eric had an easier time climbing Angel's Landing after uh, running cross-country and uh, track all year than, than I did not doing those things. So for application, do hard things. Learn to do things that are, that are difficult, things that, that push you beyond your, your breaking point, that things that you have to endure and keep enduring more and more. Now, sometimes God just puts us in those positions whether we like it or not, and he's doing it for our own good, and he is training us as, as our almighty coach, saying this is what you need to be conditioned for what happens next. But don't run away from things that are hard. Don't run away from things that are going to condition you. Parents, don't keep your kids from these things that will build perseverance in their lives. It's good for your kids to do hard things. It's good for your kids to do things they don't want to do and they have to keep doing because it will build all kinds of different types of perseverance in their lives. The parents that remove every obstacle from their kids, that when the kid runs up against it, they, they solve the problem for them and uh, end up raising kids that never learn how to deal with obstacles, that never learn how to push through the hard times. So we need to be conditioned. The second application, the second C is control. And specifically, I mean self-control, because Paul talks about this in the passage. Exercise self-control to discipline yourself spiritually and morally. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. In verse 27, he says, I discipline my body to keep it under control. When it says discipline here, it, it doesn't mean like discipline like punish, like I need to discipline you, you know, so you're going to get a spanking. This is discipline like the way a coach makes you run wind sprints and makes you do the things that you need to do. This is training. And so we need to think about what are things that that are under your control or could be under your control that could make a difference in your perseverance. Think of this. Think of just diet. If you were actually going to run a, a marathon and you're preparing for that, you would eat different things than if you were just preparing for three months of quarantine, okay? Because if you're going to run a marathon and you have nothing but a diet of uh, Cheetos and Twinkies for three months, uh, you're not going to do well in that marathon. And the same thing is true of the Christian life, of following God, of uh, being the the husband or wife or um, parent or caregiver that, that you are called to be that the diet that we have matters, not just physically, but spiritually. And you know what? I'm I'm glad you're watching this message. You could be doing something else. Let me ask, do you eat just once a week? If you ate once a week, would you be running great marathons? Or do you constantly, you're feeding yourself good things and trying to keep away from feeding yourself the things that, that, that would be terrible for you, the, the junk food or, or poison? What about habits and activities? Things that we do that um, would be a lack of self-control and that would hurt your perseverance instead of building it. Sins. 
desires that are out of control, temptations. You know, what is, what is holding you back? In the first week, we read Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Another translation puts it, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's so helpful. You don't go hiking up a mountain carrying a, a thing of a backpack full of rocks. I mean, unless you're conditioning yourself, but if you're actually running the race, you don't do that. If you're actually running the race that is for the prize, uh, you don't do that wearing three snowmobile suits and uh, chains around you. But yet, somehow, we think we can live the Christian life doing that. With all these other things, and maybe there's sin, and you need to get that off. Maybe there's things that aren't sin, but you're taking up your life with so many unnecessary things. Things that maybe are good, but they're not best. And sometimes we need to, to strip those things off so you can run further and harder with the things that matter the most. What hinders you? What's dead weight? What are just distractions? I know we said that quitting is not an option, but quitting can be a virtue when you're quitting and cutting out something that is less valuable for what is most valuable. And again, especially sin. Be at war against sin in your life. Addictions, bad habits, destructive behavior, self-indulgence, laziness, attitude problems, negative or untrue thoughts. Just get rid of those. The third C is community. John Piper did a message once where he's... uh, I believe the title was Perseverance is a Community Project. Scripture teaches this, that it is not an individual race in the sense that, in one sense it is because we each run, but there are other people that are involved in our race that are cheering us on. Uh, And we need other people. We are not called to be just isolated Christians. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, and coming off of 12 weeks of uh, um, quarantine and online services, uh, this is quite a passage uh, to remember. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're called to to gather together. And the reason we do this is not just to punch in, punch out, but we're called to encourage one another. And I know many of us, we're looking forward to this next week, that we can see each other in person and and, and do this face-to-face. This is part of what, what church is about, what we're looking forward to doing this. Now let me say, for some, it still is going to be the wise thing for you to watch online for a while. Whether it's health issues, um, whether it is your family situation, there, there could be other concerns. 
So because of everything that's going on, I'm not saying that you're in sin if you, if you don't physically gather together. But, even, but if you have to stay home, you are still called to be encouraging one another and to be receiving encouragement. So I hope that you are not just isolating yourself from everyone else. I mean, you have a telephone. There's technology. I hope that you can be involved in the community uh, Zoom groups. They're, they really are a positive thing. And different ways that you can still encourage other Christians. And when we talk about encourage, it doesn't just mean uh, saying nice things about them. It means, think encourage means to, to pump courage into someone. You need people to do that to you, and you need to be doing that to other people as well. I want to say, too, there are also times when you need to have the echo of what people have said in your mind so that when, even when they're out with those people, that you can preach to yourself. You can be the, the coach and say, you know, think of that friend that is wise and that doesn't let you make excuses and tells you what you need to hear. And there's times where you can let that person's voice echo and, and scriptural principles and verses echo in your mind where you need to tell yourself when no one else is around, get up. Quit thinking these negative thoughts. Quit making excuses. Quit interpreting things in your little way and do what you need to do. But we get that from other people in our lives. Perseverance is a community project and we need each other. And lastly, clear goal. Paul says he doesn't run aimlessly. It is not something where he's uh, just, uh, he doesn't know where he's going. It's not like that. He knows where he's going. He's running to receive the prize, to obtain it, to have not a, a wreath that is made of leaves that perishes, but he's looking for the, the eternal crowns. He's looking for God's well done, my faithful servant. That's what he wants to hear, something of eternal value, to see and experience just the, the face of God and the beauty that comes from, from seeing him one day. He doesn't run aimlessly. A clear goal will help you persevere. Christian, hear this. The end is worth it. Let me say it again. I want you to hear it. The end is worth it. I talked about Eric and I climbing Angel's Landing, and I said it was the worst experience of the whole trip. It was also the best experience. Because there's a point where we got up to the part where most people go to. But then there's a part that's the last, little less than a mile. And at this point, uh, you're going out in this kind of narrow kind of uh, cliff. Now, there's parts where the path is only a few feet on either side. And sometimes where it drops off, there's no railing, um, a thousand feet down one side or the other. And there's places where there's a chain you can hang on to. As, as you do this and you're climbing up these rocks and sometimes people are coming down the other way. Uh, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it so much and, and Eric did too. But here's the thing. I'm not afraid of heights. I like heights. And Eric is the same way. Um, and he has, he has balance. Um, Eric, when he was a, a little kid, a little baby, he was bitten by a radioactive mountain goat. And so he has like radioactive mountain goat powers. So he was... He was in his element. He was loving this. I was loving it. And at this point, and there was the views, I have no memory of 
you know, my, my, my feet hurting or my ankles or the, my heels being stabbed. I have no memory of being uh, out of breath, even though the video shows I was, but I don't remember that because it was such a cool and amazing experience. So I have another video clip, and it's just a few minutes to see just kind of the end of this hike up Angel Landing. Hello down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is nothing. This part is super fun. This really is. Okay, so we still gotta go up there. down Just this little bit left to go. A little bit. Just a little bit. That's what he said all the way back there. I was fooled, Eric. There was a little bit more. And that is all she wrote.
Christian, let me say it again. The end. It's worth it. And there's sometimes in this life where God gives us at least a glimpse, where he cracks the door at least a little bit so we can start to see the, the beauty and the glory of what is prepared for us. The beauty and the, the, the glory of what lies ahead. Believe what this word says. Let it speak to you. Let it open the eyes of your heart so that you can have a glimpse of just what is in store. The end, it is, it is worth it. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So don't give up. Don't quit. Keep persevering. The end is so worth it. Perseverance is the the fight to do what you need to do until you have accomplished what you were called to accomplish. By God's grace, keep going. Quitting is not an option. God's grace will keep you going. So keep fighting. Keep climbing. Keep running the race until you make it to the end. Until you see his face. Until you fall into God's arms. And perhaps, hear the words, well done. Standing in the presence of a love. 
so beautiful I'm waiting my whole life for that day I will live my life to hear you say well done well done my good and faithful one welcome to Father God, we ask that you would open the eyes of our hearts and give us a glimpse of your glory, of your greatness, of your beauty. Lord God, through the promises of your word and your spirit, help us to know what is in store for us. May we keep you and our desire for you in our mind, Lord. May we run to you, Lord God. And may we not give up even when we're tired. May we do what you have called us to do until we have finished doing it, Lord. We thank you that you are the one that works us in and through us. And God, I ask that you would be especially with anyone right now that is hearing this, that is struggling, that is ready to give up, to give up on you, to give up on life, their marriage, their job, to, to just throw in the towel, Lord God. I ask that you would give them special grace, that you would give them an intense desire for you, Lord God. Work in their heart so that they will persevere and that we'll keep putting one foot in front of the other to you, Lord God, till we make it to the end. We give you praise. We give you thanks. All is by grace. And all is because of Jesus Christ and for his glory. In his name we pray. Amen.